Good morning, friends. It's lovely to be back in church. Um, Our reading today is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 18. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made this light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and will bring us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Thank you, Brenda. Fantastic reading of God's word. And we're going to come to that word now. So if you could open your Bibles or your phones, and uh, we're going to look at this passage, particularly 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verses 7 to 18. You've heard it said that uh, winners never quit and quitters never win. That may be true, but there are times when winners feel like quitting. And if you feel like that, what should we do then? You've heard it said, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Don't start singing. 
And that may be true. There are times when the going gets very tough and the tough want to crawl under their bed and hide from the cruel world. What should we do then? Becoming a winner entails the strength to stay at a task even when you feel like giving up. It is the willpower to keep on keeping on when you would rather resign. Call it what you like, uh, determination, endurance, persistence, tenacity, whatever it is, it is an undeniable mark of a champion. And the author of the letter of 2 Corinthians 4, the Apostle Paul, was one who exhibited that never giving up spirit. He was an incredible follower of Jesus. And he shares really something of his story in this. And so the first thing that I want us to look at is pictures of staying power. Pictures of staying power. You can find examples of endurance portrayed in almost every way of life. There are compelling stories of grit and determination. And one is the Apostle Paul. He was imprisoned. He was flogged five times. He was beaten. People threw rocks and stones at him. He was shipwrecked. He went without sleep and food. And he was in danger of his life through various elements. Yet he remained resolute. His accomplishments our unparalleled list of achievements for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And this superhero apostle was a very ordinary man. In his letters to the Corinthian church, he paints four pictures of endurance that can equip us as we follow Christ in the 21st century. And the first picture is a picture of pressure. In verse 8, we are pressured in every way, but not crushed. The picture here is of a rugby forward blitzed by the opposition, but evading the tackle, dancing around the tackle. And we need to have that agility within our thinking, within our spirit, as we th see things coming at us. That we are going to face pressure. We are going to face challenges. The second picture that he gives us is of confusion. Again in verse 8, we are perplexed but not in despair. The picture is a woman sitting in her office amid statistics reports, graphs, and plans, and not knowing where and whom to turn to for help. But she refuses to quit. She refuses to give up. The third picture is a picture of being chased. In verse 9, we are persecuted but not abandoned. The idea here is of being hunted like wild game, but eluding the outdoorsman. And then the fourth and final picture that Paul gives us uh, in verse 9 is being thrown down. We are struck down, 
but not destroyed. I remember at primary school when I was growing up, um, we had boxing classes. And it was really unfair because like the juniors would take on the seniors of primary school. And I never forget having to box someone who my hand could not reach him. And uh, being knocked down and the referee counting. But it's really important to rise to your feet. And we see that in the um, Rocky films about how he gets up when his opponent, Apollo Creed, has floored him. And the fact that Rocky gets up yet again almost destroys Apollo Creed's confidence. Can you see yourself in these pictures, perhaps perplexed, of being chased, of being crushed, of pressure? Do you feel these things? Well, Paul, the apostle, felt them intensely. That's why he wrote about them. But he uses this phrase twice in this passage. Therefore, we do not lose heart. And see, the devil loves to win the battle in our minds. And sometimes we are defeated before anything happens because we think we can't cope. And Paul is reminding the believers, reminding us today, that we must take heart. Jesus said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And we need to feed our minds with these scripture verses. The reason Paul could overcome this is that he discovered his purpose. He knew what Christ wanted him to do, his will. And it's so important that we are in the slipstream of God's will for our lives. It doesn't mean that we're always doing spectacular things. It may be in the ordinary as a parent, um, as a child, of being faithful in the small things. But most of all, the Apostle Paul knows the abiding love of Christ, which redeemed him. And do you know that? Do we know the redeeming love of Christ? When you are in the will of God, it is extraordinary. The great composer Handel wrote his epic score of the Messiah in 22 days flat. He had that staying power, that a compelling force within him. And so we're given here these pictures of staying power. Secondly, Paul shares with us the secrets of endurance. All too often people are defeated, not because of their lack of ability, but because they quit too soon. They give up. Many people lose heart, throw in the towel before the game is finished. And as I said earlier, in twice in 2 Corinthians 4, we have in verse 1 and 16, we do not give up. And he uncovers the secrets of endurance. And what are some of the secrets that will keep us from giving up, even though we may feel like giving up? Well, one of those is realise that problems are real. Problems will come down the track in our lives. Problems are a fact of life. We should expect them. I'll never forget the first time I read 
uh, James chapter 1, the letter of James, and it says, Consider it pure joy, my friends, when you face trials and tribulations. I'll never forget the astonishing shift in thinking uh, of, as a Christian, we should be expecting these things. Life is often not a joy ride. It's not like Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean, where we float through the water on little boats watching from a distance the cannon fire and the splashing water. Life is real, with real pain, real problems, real frustrations. People get sick. They experience disappointment. We shed tears and we are touched by death. So what should we do? We should be conscious, conscious of the power of God. We have a secret weapon in facing difficulties and pressures of life. And Paul talks about this in verse 7. Now we have this treasure in clay jars. Not, not gold jars, not silver jars but clay jars, so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We're like clay pots. We're fragile, we're easily broken, but we have a stabilizing force of the presence of Jesus within us to prevent us from cracking under the pressures and attacks of life. This week, God's desire is to help us, clay vessels, made in his image, to mature in the furnace of trials without cracking. The other secret of endurance is to look beyond ourselves, to respond to other people's needs. And this thought is very much against human nature. When we're hurting, most often, we're confronted with trouble and we just struggle to get beyond ourselves. And the more we become wrapped up in our own interests, our own pain, our own concerns, but endurance comes from lifting the eyes of our horizon and becoming selfless. Endurance comes to those who give their life away to help others in a great cause. And this is the great truth of people overcoming adversity through self-giving, through serving others. So we've got the power of God, we've got the perspective of other people's needs, we've got the fact that problems are real, then we need to regain a new perspective. So we have to have fresh eyes, new ways of looking at a situation. Staying power comes by changing the way we look at our difficulties. I often use the phrase in business about uh, trying to eat an elephant in one go. You just can't tackle some problems. They are so big, you have to eat them bite size. You have to tackle one day at a time, one situation, one project. And for some of us, it might be saying, well, today I'm going to try and get through Sunday and we'll face tomorrow. My father, who's been suffering uh, quite significantly with cancer, 
um, one of his consultants said to him, Mr. Tennant, you have to face one bridge at a time. And that is so wise and so biblical that we have to face today, as Jesus said, for tomorrow has enough troubles of its own in Matthew 6. So we might be in a tight corner. We can learn to practice the spaciousness of thinking, of lifting ourselves out of that context emotionally and thoughtfully. And we may suffer, but we must remember that God never abandons us. We might be at our wit's end, but we're never at hope's end. We can learn to accept what we cannot understand, why what has happened. Yes, we might be knocked down like me in the ring as a boy, but we're never knocked out as Christians. We are never ultimately defeated because we are more than conquerors, says Paul, through him who loved us. So what do we say in all of this as we think about life as clay pots, clay jars? We need to stay in the game of life. Don't quit as a follower of Christ. Don't look at other Christians, perhaps who may be examples to you, who discourage you. Look at those examples, and they may be Christians of history or the present who give you courage, who give you example. Stay in the game. Use, secondly, the power of memory. And this is what Paul did. God raised Christ from the dead, he says. So he will raise you up. We've lost some dear ones this year in our church. And they have been men and women of faith. Their trust in God is very compelling to us ministers and friends. That they have trusted in the face of death. In verse 18, it says here, So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We can face all things as we looked to those things that are unseen. So in conclusion... We're made of earth and clay. You probably have some flower pots in your house or in the garden. Pottery vessels only often last a few years, sometimes a few decades, but they've got a limited working life. They fail, they crack, they break, they dissolve. The vessel, the jar, the dish, the container of any kind then figuratively is a human being that Paul is talking about. We're an instrument, we're a vessel. We're just the container of God's amazing grace. And the focus should not be on the external, but on the internal, on the contents. It's amazing, friends, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ live in you and live in me. Wow! The all-surpassing power of God is at work in us. All-surpassing. Another way of saying that, this extraordinary, this excellency, it means a state of extraordinary degree 
extraordinary quality and character. The other word that's used is dynamis, power. It's not about us. We have this treasure in Jake, a jars of clay, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The great Joan of Arc, when she was deserted by those closest to her, said, It is better to be alone with God. His friendship will not fail me, nor his counsel, nor his love. In his strength, I will dare and dare and dare until I die. And so, friends, we need to be those who dare to live adventurously, to live courageously, to take risks for the kingdom of Christ in this age. Friends, we are going to feel fragile. That's what a clay pot is. But that glory lives within you and me. So go live glorious lives for Jesus this week. Amen. Amen.